Did you have that moment when you're walking upstairs in the dark and then you think there's an extra step, but then there isn't. So you just fly through like a foot of extra space and it kind of shocks you and you have a new perspective on life. Did that happen to you last night? And now you're a changed man? No. Welcome to Two Two Guys, a podcast about ballet hosted by two ballet dancers, Adam and Keelan. My name's Keelan. And my name's Adam. How's it going today? Yeah, pretty nice. Had a eventful day, did some Instagram stories, uh, had some ballet classes, and now uh, nice to see you again. How are you doing? Thanks, man. I'm doing great. Um, what if I, I, I woke up like not that long ago. And so I don't think I've done anything of interest today. Let's get into the reason we started this episode, huh? Okay, so yeah, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, audition stories, maybe some wins, but definitely some fails. And uh, hopefully, I don't know, maybe they'll be funny. Maybe they'll help people feel like less of a failure when they blow an audition too. Because uh, mm-hmm. it happens to all of us. When you think of audition fails, do you think of like there's a a whole book of them you could fill, or you got a couple? Well, most of the fails are the same sort of format. So it's it's like you do half of class or all of class, and and they say thank you for your time, and then we'll get back to you. And this is usually how a fail goes. So it's not awful, but there are a few that stick out to me as being just dreadful yeah just awful when, when i think when of, i have in particular i wouldn't mind going into okay when i think of audition fails like i just see a row of people show up like oh this is here's another one oh here's another one here's another one um maybe <laughs> maybe i just like spectacularly bomb like more frequently than you do but uh i've got some stories as well so do you have any wins as well? Because we should we should temper it. You know, there should be wins and losses, right? Otherwise, it's yeah, just going to be too true. negative. Yeah, the wins aren't terribly fun, though. It's just like you do class, they like you, and then they offer you a job, and it, it goes quite smoothly. It's usually the fails where there's more emotion involved. Ah, I guess not more emotion involved, but <laughs> there's no surprises, really, with the wins. My wins, anyway. Okay. All right. Where do you want to start? Wins or like, okay, I guess you've only got fails, basically. I've got like a very kind of poignant win. I've got one that that was really impactful. Uh, And I didn't even get the job, but it was still, it was a win. And uh, (laughs) so I've got that too. Maybe I could start off with that. So it's like we start off on a win, like on a happy note, and then we could just go into the the fails. And if people want to skip to the fails, they can just skip through this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so you start with your win, and then I'll do my fail. And we'll then just go into fails. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was in school at the National in, in Canada, I had re- been recovering from surgery, and uh, I had surgery on my ankles, and both of them. And I was healing just in time to go audition. Like, really just kind of, okay, I'm able to do a double tour, good, go audition. It was that time of year. And we set up 
uh, I think it was 11 auditions in Europe over the course of 40 days. So I had 40 days. It was the first time I'd ever traveled to Europe, certainly alone. And I was there for a really long time. And the first audition I had was Munich. Now, I wasn't very good when I was in school. And some would say I'm not very good now. But uh, I definitely, at the, at, when I was leaving school, I was, my shit was barely together, if at all. And my first audition is for Munich, which is an incredible company and very high level. And so I'm going there thinking, this is, a, this is, this is nothing. Like, I'm not going to get anything here, right? And uh, I remember we, I got there. I basically just landed in Europe the day before. And I get to the audition. And anybody who's been to an open audition knows everybody somehow looks way better than you. Like, I think it's the mind just tr playing tricks on you. We're all in the hallways. And it's like the most flexible people I've ever seen. And like the Russian people look so Russian and I'm like, oh, they're going to be way better than me. And I needed a water bottle. I remember I needed a water bottle and I got one from the like a vending machine and I took a drink and I spit it out because it was carbonated water, which is really popular in Europe. And it was the first time I'd ever had that. And I thought it was disgusting. So I bought a water bottle, poured out the water and refilled it with tap water. Uh, <laughs> but so in the audition, like I said, I thought I was going to be no good. And as I'm, you know, we're doing bar, I'm looking around. I realize, oh, these people, they're showing off before class. But a lot of them, I mean, they're like me. They're, they're imperfect, you know. They don't have great technique or they don't have great lines or they can't learn exercises, right? And so my confidence started to at least calm down. I felt like I was okay. I felt like I belonged in the room. Mm -hmm. But I was the tallest guy and they did numbers by height, all right? And so I was the last number, which worked out in my benefit in ways I didn't predict. So when we're in the center, I was in the back in the corner. So for adage, I'm in the back hiding in the corner. For turns, I'm in the back hiding in the corner. But when it comes to jumps and they say, okay, you guys can make your own groups now, then I chose to come forward because I'm more of a jumper. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so I would go front and center right in front of the director's face and be doing like the biggest HFA you've ever seen. And I heard him at one point during Guandalegro, I saw him point at me and say to one of his colleagues, I heard him say, I really like that guy. And I thought, oh my God, like I thought I was horrible and I thought I was going to get laughed out of the room and here I am and the director's noticing me. Mm -hmm. And and it all culminated in, you know, the section of uh, Last Feed, Act 1, where James has to do this really complicated like brise volet and he's turning and he's doing these beats yeah. diagonal as he's turning. Mm -hmm. I had never really learned that step before, but they taught it to us as an exercise. But again, mm -hmm. I have the last number. I think I was number 41. And so mm -hmm. I have all of the guys in front of me to learn it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I did a really good job, but beats are kind of natural for me. So I did a really good job. As I'm going, the teacher yells out to the left right away. And nobody was expecting left. So all the guys, basically one to 20, bombed it because they had no chance to really figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I had all the time to figure it out. And so by the time I went, it was really clean. And I saw him again point at me and say, good job. And so nice. I'm on cloud nine, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, so audition ends, we do rep. Um, it's fine. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but I did find it was whatever. I ended up not getting the job. You know, I never went to Munich, mm -hmm. but it was still such a positive thing of the first, basically, first time I've stepped foot in Europe, thinking this is going to be a nothing audition 
they ended up building my confidence in a way that was totally unexpected. And so, mm-hmm. so that was a really positive thing. I can tell you by the end of those 40 days, anybody who's on a long audition tour, you're in rough shape because you're sleeping in hostels, taking trains everywhere, not really doing class. So it's mm-hmm. the worst shape you could possibly be in. But uh, at least it started off really strong. That's such a good experience. <laughs> I had um, nothing really, anything like that. But yeah, so this Zurich story that I have is just completely complete okay. opposite of that. <laughs> okay. Just, I don't know. I kind of even don't want to say it because it makes me feel bad when I talk about it. <laughs> I can't hold your hands while you tell the story because we're in separate cities and separate countries. But imagine I'm sitting here with you, got one hand on your leg. I'm holding your hand, looking into your eyes, saying, it's going to be okay, Adam. We're going to get through this together. Did you say one hand on my inner thigh? No, <laughs> not inner thigh. I mean, wherever oh, you want. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yes, yeah, so I was, it was in third year at school. Um, I was super pumped for auditions. I don't know why I was, but I was super pumped for auditions at the end of school. And I was a bit injured, bit injured as in I had tendonitis in my right knee after doing lots of Russian go go pack stuff in Nutcracker. Uh, So then, yeah, it was audition time. And I got, I don't know, like five, six places like Polish, Zurich, Hungarian, just some places. Anyway, Zurich was one of my first auditions and I hadn't done much flying alone. And my like, this is, you know, mommy's not going to come fly with me to my auditions this time. So I had to fly on my own to Zurich. Then it turned out that the flight was delayed and then canceled. So I had to fly to Geneva instead of Zurich. So I, I literally looked down towards the end of my flight saw Zurich past Zurich went to Geneva and I was like why why did they do this but of course there was some reason like uh, I think it was a storm or something but I don't know how we got so close to Zurich anyway doesn't matter um yeah so we got to Geneva and then I had to take like a two three hour train to get to Zurich so I was exhausted straight away I got in at like nine or ten that night Um, And then I was thinking, oh, I'm tired now, so I should be able to sleep. But then no, because I'm so like elated from the the fear of the audition next day, I can't sleep. So I have to stay up till like two o'clock before I can go to bed. Then I have to wake up early for this audition. Luckily, I had, I think a hotel. Yeah, I I booked a hotel because I was like, oh, I don't want to risk it with uh, um, hostels at that point. So yeah, I had my hotel breakfast, didn't feel like eating. So didn't have much sleep, didn't feel like eating. So I was looking at my nice hotel breakfast thinking, oh, I should get my money's worth. Didn't, I don't know, maybe I put a, a croissant in my in my back pocket or something, whatever you do. Perfect <laughs> spot for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I went. Yeah, then I eventually got to class uh the receptionist said yeah of course you have an audition today so she took me up to the the class started warming up it was a private audition so i felt pretty good can you explain to people what a private audition is oh my god there's another layer to this there's another (laughs) layer that i forgot yeah even before okay i'll talk about the private stuff after but when i got to my hotel it, it wasn't a hotel i remember it was an airbnb and this was the first Airbnb I ever booked. So 
yeah, I booked this Airbnb. I thought that I sorted out all of the organization stuff because I paid for it. I was like, oh, if you pay for it, that means that it should be fine. So when you get there, they should be waiting for you. But no, they don't. You have to organize with the owner of the Airbnb to pick up the keys at a certain time, which I didn't think about. Uh, yeah, big mistake. So I got to this Airbnb, started knocking on the door. There's no one in. So I was just there at nighttime at like 10 o'clock, got into Zurich, no Airbnb. So I had to then go to a hotel. Um, I was also messaging a guy, luckily, that was in the company. And I said, can I stay with you tonight? And I was just about to pay for the hotel that was about 300 pounds, like way more than right. the Airbnb. It was like triple the price. And they only had like the deluxe room or something. So I had to buy the best room in a good hotel in the center of Zurich. And in I had like, no money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was, that was rough. But luckily, just as I was going to put my debit card into the card reader, he said, yeah, sure, you can stay with me. And I was like, oh my God, my heart was just like, yes, I was tired, you know. And you know, I've been traveling the whole day because of the the flight and then the train and then luckily he said yeah sure you can stay with me and then I stayed with him and it was fine um yeah he was great and then it came into the audition the next day uh, it is a private audition so that means that I take class with the company uh, not as opposed to a what's the other one group audition open audition open audition, open yeah. audition. which is when you're taking class with a load of people that are also trying to get that job so they could compare me to the company rather than comparing me to the other auditionees. Another name for open audition is a cattle call. Cattle I'm not call. sure if, if that's so common in Europe, but a cattle call where they just, it's like cattle, like they just bring in tons of people to look at all of them and, and pick one or mm. something. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the receptionist, she was like, yeah, I'll show you to the audition. She showed me in. I took the class. The class actually went really well. I was really pleased with myself. But I thought something is a bit strange. I was like, why is there no one watching me? It was just like a, a great class. I just felt, I felt amazing about it, you know? And then I walked out of the room. I, I, thanked, the, I, th I thanked the teacher and he said, oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, and, then, and then I realized like, there's just no one here. I'm just, just alone now. And this was one of my first auditions. So I didn't really get the system. I just was outside the studio alone when they started doing their rehearsals after. And I thought, this can't be it. Do I go home now? So I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I asked I someone. I was, Do I stay? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I asked someone, I was like, hey, I just did my audition and there's no one here. And they were like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's a funny thing to happen. And they said, okay, go to the office and then ask him if, if you got the job. But bear in mind, he hadn't watched. <laughs> he hadn't watched the class. Yeah. So I went into an audition. I, no, I went into his office and I said, so oh, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> and then he asked me, who are you? <laughs> so... Then I say to him, um, I came for the audition. And then he yeah. says, what audition? <laughs> and I said, the one that you, um, you chose me for? You gave me a private class? And then he looks over his assistant and she's like, yeah, I told you it's in the schedule. <laughs> and he's like, oh, damn. Oh, okay. All right, we'll sort something out. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And so he, he goes to talk to the teacher that gave me the class. The teacher says, yeah, he, he's good. He has good technique. And um, yeah, I like the look of him. So, so then he, the director said, okay, well, if he's good, then let's give him a little bit of contemporary work. Let's see how he does. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so here's the problem. My contemporary is not as good as my classical. Fair enough, it was a quite a contemporary company. So I, I do understand that he needs to see my contemporary work, but I was just not ready for uh, like mentally wanting to do contemporary that I thought I was just gonna do ballet class for. <laughs> so he gathers the ballet masters that are available. It was like four or five. He puts me into this room with just four or five judges and him. And he starts, uh, one of the ballet masters starts teaching me really quickly hard contemporary steps and this isn't my forte in uh, the dancing realm so picking up quick unusual coordination material is really hard for me so after probably failing to copy the material the first time then asking oh can you repeat that and then failing the second time and then the third time I mean, I didn't like cry or anything, but I was disheartened and I was just looking at the judges looking at me and yes. kind of feeling like, oh, he's trying so hard. <laughs> you know, that was the sort of, that's what I saw in their faces, kind of pity. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, he thought he would get in. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of reaction. So... Eventually they, they said like, okay, let, let's stop the torment. And the director said like, all right, so can you come to my office now? <laughs> of course I know he's gonna say no. So I'm just like, oh, okay, fine. And then I walk out and I'm still, you know, kind of heart pounding because it's a stressful situation. Uh, then we get into the office and I don't speak because I know he's just gonna say no. And then he said, well, contemporary wasn't great <laughs> that's like oh okay as if it's a shock like I know I know it wasn't great <laughs> I was just not doing steps I was just I was just stood still with the music playing and he was like contemporary could be better <laughs> um, so then I said okay sure and he said and I think to be honest like you have a, a lot of potential and apparently your class was really good so that's, that's good, but your contemporary work, like you can't pick up the steps quick enough. And I think you'll get drowned in this company because we're constantly learning new sequences all the time. And so to be honest, I just wanted to get out from that point. I was just like, yeah, thank you, thank you. And then just silent, not trying to show any, I mean, there's not much you can show at that point, but not trying to sell myself. <laughs> Once I just done one of the worst auditions I'd ever done. Well, actually it was one of my first auditions, so. You it was to, my best best and worst audition. But you just wanted to now I know it was one of my worst. Sorry. You, you just wanted to like disintegrate into the background. Like, it's okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. I, just, I, I leave now. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Just look away. Into the chair. If you look, yeah. if, you, I just, like, you just, if you just close your eyes for 30 seconds, I'll be gone. Like, I'm just going to yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then after, after that, yeah, I just, I didn't cry, but I was just staring at the floor all the way back home, all the way to England, and then just like <laughs> sleep for two days kind of thing. I don't think I even went to school the day after, because I just felt so shit. And 
yeah, that's that's the end of my sad story. <laughs> so the silver lining there being, well, one, everything worked out because you have received numerous jobs since then. Yeah. But I think that puts you in very um, good company of people who have really bombed and felt really like egg on their face, right? Yeah. Any performer has been through that. And so to anybody listening who is either afraid that's going to happen and thinks, oh, that's the worst thing in the world to happen. Look, it'll probably happen at some point, some version of that where you'll be asked to do something that you're really not comfortable with, but you'll survive it is the point. Um, and for anybody who's been through that, they can you know, find solace in that they're not alone. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, do you have one of your fails now that you could share well, so with us? As you, were, as you were telling that story, it brought back so many <laughs> memories of, uh, yeah. of fails that I've had. <laughs> like, like, I actually have, so I'm just writing them down now. I have like, I have some companies where I have two bomb stories in the same company. Um, well, like you go there, you come back next year, you fuck it up again. Yeah, fuck it up twice. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there's really so many directions we can go. Okay, I'll just I'll elucidate a little bit. I think that's the right word. I'll just talk a little bit about the audition process because I have one that was not even the audition fail; it was the email, and then and then I'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll do an email, a fail story at the audition. So. So in ballet, uh, you generally will send out your emails. You find the who's the person you're supposed to email at the company. It's usually on the website. And you send a resume. You send a video link and some pictures, right? Now, my theory, or the way I see it, is there are so many ballet companies in the world, right? There's probably close to a 1,000. Like if you think of every company contemporary ballet company you add them all together out of every country in the whole world there's so many and so my thinking yeah. is it's a numbers game even somebody very very talented is going to be rejected it's going to be told no by some companies right and so mm -hmm. the question really is just you know how many places are you sending your stuff to and so mm -hmm. and rejection is obviously a huge part of that most places will say no and you just keep going from there but so i remember i was it was in Canada. My intention was to leave the company I was at and I knew I wanted to go far away. I wanted to have an adventure. And so I was sending out email after email after email and always to places far away. And I was, I remember I was, I think we had a show or something and it was really late. We were on tour and I was doing, I was, in, I insisted I'm going to do some more emails tonight before I go to sleep. I was like, I'm going to do five more before I go to sleep tonight. And I sent them off. I sent it off to Northern Ballet. I sent it off to Royal Flanders and then a few others, right? But these are the ones that matter. So the director in, in Northern is David Nixon, right? Yeah. Okay, so I sent off these emails. A couple days later, I get an email back that I'm sitting in the, in the mall now. I'm in the mall. And when I receive the email back, and my heart drops, like my stomach drops into my bowels. And I see... Uh, Hi, hello, Mr. McLaughlin. Thank you so much for the email. David Nixon is not the director here at Royal Flanders. The director is City Larby. And my, I just went, oh my God. It's because you send the same email, right? You basically forward the same email, but you have to change the details of the company yeah. name and the director name. <laughs> but I was so tired. It was like 1 a.m. And then yeah. I screwed up. 
And I was like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> like, dear David Nixon, I'd love to come audition for you at Flanders. Yeah. And, and, and so anyway, not the worst thing in the world. I ended up getting the job anyways in Flanders. Really? So yeah, they offered me a job, but I came to Estonia instead. Um, oh my God. But uh, yeah. So that, that was an audition, like a pre-audition fail. The audition itself was mm -hmm. a huge win, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so just, I guess, a reminder of when you're sending out emails, don't rush them. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't end up with egg on your face. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I could do an actual audition fail. How about I'll do, I'll, I have two from Denmark. I'll just do them both. How about that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, a couple years ago, I was performing in France. I had a really cool gig. I was, got to perform in France. And so while I was there, I just stuck around Europe and visited all my friends who were in Europe. And I had friends in Denmark. And for me growing up, Denmark was always my dream. Like as a kid, that's the company I wanted to go to. I love Petit Allegro. I love Born and Phil dancing. I really love it. And not so many companies do it. And so for me, it's like, yo, you got to go to Denmark. But as we will see, every time I go to Denmark, it doesn't go well. So I went to Denmark, I took class and the director, Nikolai Hubei, was teaching. It was an awesome class. I loved it. And I felt like it went pretty well. You know, it certainly fit in mm -hmm. with, what I, with what I thought I saw. And the class finishes. And I'm tired. I'm exhausted just to be double tours and the Grand Allegro, all that. Class finishes. I can see him in my peripheral walking towards me. Something in my, my consciousness really quickly went, you know, it'll be a lot cooler if you walk away. I don't know why I thought like, I don't know where that came from, but it's like, you want to seem like you don't need somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so in my head, it's like, oh yeah, he's coming. And maybe cause I was really tired and I could, I was having, you know, just catching my breath, really sweaty, whatever. Something said, walk away, seem like you're cool and mm -hmm. you know, make him chase you or something. I don't know. It wasn't really thought out. It was more of yeah. an instinct. It was a bad instinct. So he then just disappeared for the rest of the time I was there. The next two days, I couldn't find him. Couldn't talk to him. I think we, then they had a, it was their, their end of season party. I was there for their end of season party. Huge. Everybody's super fucked up. There's mm -hmm. lots of alcohol. I tried to talk to him then like, Hey man, I took class a couple days ago and he was not in a space at all. So potentially I, I blew an opportunity to have a nice interaction with this guy after an audition because of some silly thing. Oh, that's awful. A couple of years later, I come back. It's the first audition I do when I'm, you know, going to move to Europe for sure. I definitely want to leave and, and come to Europe. It's the first audition I do. I've just flown in the day before from Canada. My body is so jet lagged. Like you, you do the overnight flight. My body's messed up in class. My body's shaking. Like first exercise body shaking. The exercise of yeah. the whole bar is brutal. It's really hard. It's, it's born as well. It's really intense. I'm like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm withdrawing from heroin. Like my body is just like such a mess. <laughs> I bomb like most things I do. Like the steps don't work. Like my double tours aren't good. Like the pirouettes are a mess. Like nothing's working. Mm -hmm. I don't even need to talk to the guy. Like I know. It's like, I, I know yeah. this is a no. <laughs> yeah. Coincidentally, the same day that I'm auditioning. Now I'm, you know, coming, I'm a principal in my company in Canada. I'm hoping to get, you know, a nice contract here. I'm auditioning at the same time as a kid from the National Valley School. So the same school as me, who's like mm -hmm. 17. He crushes it. I get floored by 
a 17 year old when I'm like 27 and like my absolute prime and this guy crushes me, he gets the job. He's still there Mm. now. He's doing great. Mm. Them, they sent me an email, like a conciliatory email, like, thank you, not interested. It was abundantly clear. Um, I think it was the universe telling me, hey, man, you're you're not meant to be in Denmark. Like, whether (laughs) by my own silly choices or the phenomenon of jet lag, like, you're not meant to be here. Yeah. So I've accepted that is my fate now. Yeah. No, it's so important to, I don't know, like have super good preparation for auditions. And it's so common actually that most people like in school, like they set up a few auditions in a row or maybe like five or I've, I've heard that people have set up like literally like eight or nine auditions around Europe. They just keep flying from place to place. Yeah. And sometimes they plan it in the way in the way that you said you planned it, where the audition is very close to the travel time. So they will travel on the day, do the class, and then they'll have like no sleep and they'll just go straight into a class and then hope that they can just run through it on adrenaline. Yeah. <sighs> Not usually a good decision. Yeah. It's the annoying thing is actually when people kill it on no sleep and they get the job or they get multiple jobs killing it on no sleep and you're like how could you do this yeah yeah you son of a bitch just give me one of those jobs (laughs) yeah okay uh now i'm gonna tell a happier story sort of (laughs) well actually no it is a happy story so this was when i was what 11 or 12 years old no it wasn't 12 it was 11 years old yeah not that matters Uh, my very first audition was for elmhurst and I'd been dancing for like five months before that. I just didn't know how to do any of the steps in ballet, basically. And I spent my whole time before that copying everything I did. And even in the audition, I was just copying the whole time. I had no idea what I was doing. I came with my mum and my sister, I think. Yeah. And my mum was just trying to buff me up, trying to make me confident for the audition. Um, I went in there, saw a load of a load of kids, which were just way, way better than me. So straight away, I looking around, my confidence is crushed. Like there's no possible way I can get into this, into this school. That um, they ask us to start stretching at the start. Basically everyone else can do splits and I'm there like literally a foot off the ground. If, uh, if you can imagine how, how tight that was. Um, then we start getting into stuff that the place they put me on the bar is because like my name's Adam either Ashcroft, which is AA, or Adam Atazuzan, which is AA. So I'm number one at the bar, and I'm not used to being number one at the bar because I'm usually copying people. So then I'm there. They make me do, you know, the most basic thing ever, like a plie exercise, which is just two plies, two demi plies, and a grand plie. Um, somehow I'm so nervous that I speed through everything. And I end up like literally eight counts earlier than everyone else. And I'm just like waiting there. And then I look behind me, like straight up, look behind me. And I realize like, oh my God, I'm off the music. And by that point, yeah, it's only eight counts. So (laughs) only eight counts. That's, that's really, really bad. But you know, I'm 11. So they don't, they don't judge me so hard. I mean, mean, it's pretty hard, but anyway, (laughs) I'm an 11 year old. So you're not going to try to make an 11 year old feel bad. So I looked at the judges, they gave me this kind of pity face, but they didn't cut me because I was 11. So the second side, I got to copy. 
So this is, I'm in my prime time now. I'm great at copying. So I was looking at the guy. I had perfect musicality because I was copying him. <laughs> um, and then we got through, yeah, we got through bar. Just my confidence slowly built up because it was the, the first thing I'd, the first audition I'd done. Uh, when we got to center pirouettes, yeah, like I, I couldn't turn, my legs didn't go very high. Uh, and I was definitely still a lot less confident than anyone else in the room. Uh, then I remember one one part that really stuck out to me was we were doing uh, balancés and then soutenus. And my mom said to me before I went into the audition, whatever you do, like it doesn't matter how badly you dance. I don't know, that was a good start. It doesn't matter how badly you dance, as long as you have a smile on your face and your chin up. So I thought to myself, like, that's what I'm gonna do. It doesn't matter how badly I dance. So anyone else in that situation should have been sad in how badly they were dancing. But I was there looking real confident with my awful technique. <laughs> Can I just say that sounds to me like the most British thing you can tell a kid. Like, really? no matter how badly you dance, just keep your chin up. <laughs> I don't know, it just sounds yeah. quintessentially British. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but please continue. So um, after that, also, I remember my mom could see a certain amount of the auditions because in, yeah, it was in Elmhurst, they have a big studio and they have blinds, like, vertical blinds that cut most of the vision away from anyone outside but there's still sort of these small cracks that you can see through and so i could see that there were some people looking through these cracks i didn't know that who it was um but it turns out it was my mum after luckily uh, and then after we'd finished the audition i came out i was just fuming i was just so angry because i i knew that there was no possible hope that i could get into this school like everyone was better than me. I fucked up basically every exercise. I was off the music um, and the judges didn't seem particularly happy with me, apart from the one time where I was doing balances and smiling like real hard. And then they started looking at me like, oh, this, this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's they thought it was passion, but it was just, my mum had told me, smile, smile. <laughs> and um, so yeah, that after I got out of the audition, my sister was saying like, oh, how was it? And then I was straight away annoyed. I was like, don't talk to me about it. And then she, you know, she was just sweet. She's four years younger than me. I was 11, so she was seven years old. She said, oh, no, I thought you did well, because I guess she saw through the crack as well. Um, and then I was just like, no, don't talk to me about it. Just like a complete dickhead. Um, and then we went home. We went back to, I guess, the hotel, because uh, I think it was two days, something like that. And I had a talk with my mom. I was like crying and stuff because it, it just felt like the worst thing ever. And then somehow we got a call and they were like, yeah, uh, we want to see him again. And then that was just like cloud nine, you know, the pure ecstasy. Like how could, because I thought it was bad. So it's like when you're in art class and you paint like the worst picture in the world and then you get an A and you're like, well, the world is unjust, but I'll take it, you know? So <laughs> So yeah, then I had the interview, which I, I was really getting used to interviews at this point because I was doing like grammar school stuff at that time. So I was constantly trying to get into grammar schools and I, I had like, I don't know, 10 interviews or something in that way. Uh, and then, yeah, 
I was just happy and smiling in the interview, like my mom told me to be. And then they were like, yeah, we want to give you a contract. And then I was just like jumping around the room, like, oh my God, this is the best thing in the world. And that was my favorite audition because it like literally changed my whole life. I went from being in like a, a not very well-respected school in East London to being in a well-respected school in Birmingham and then going into the boarding school. So, <laughs> yeah. That is a lovely story. I could feel, I could feel that. I mean, as, you know, you're t- telling a story of a young boy and getting into ballet school. I can, I can relate to the, like you said, the ecstasy you feel how your whole life has just been irrevocably altered, right? Mm. And you don't realize it at the time, how the impact it's really going to have. But that mm. moment entirely determine the direction of your life now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can, yeah, I can, that was lovely. I could feel the joy wash over me as you told that story. <laughs> That's really nice. All right. We've been going for quite a while now. Yeah, we can, we can bring it to a close there. We've got stories of winning, stories of losing. I think the key here, I mean, cause even then, what is the, you know, the silver lining of, of your story there was mm-hmm. you felt like you failed, but you didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not that we need to dovetail things into a message, but <laughs> like, I just think that the theme here is that the fails aren't so bad. You know, yeah. the, the times that I messed up that I thought I messed up in Denmark, I got jobs elsewhere. Like you, you end up being okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like life goes on and, and yeah. you survive, you live to dance another day. But and you can you. tell you can tell people on a podcast 10 years <laughs> yeah. later. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you for sharing that story with me. That, that was really nice. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Sure. All right. So we'll finish up there. Uh, thank you everyone for watching this episode of two, two guys come back next week and we'll be doing, do we know what we're doing? <laughs> do we know what we're doing next week? <laughs> no. No. Okay. We'll work out what we're doing next week. Um, If you have any suggestions on episodes that you would like us to talk about, then you can either message us on Instagram, a personal one or our two, two guys, Instagram, or email us at two, two guys pod at gmail.com. So thank you. We also have a Facebook two, two guys. You don't want that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's good, yeah. <laughs> that what? face. Okay, that what? face. You were, you were making a face. I didn't know if you were, like, strongly disapproving. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, bye, man. See you soon. All right, peace out.